Welcome to The Horse, a show hosted by longtime Yukoners Dan Bushnell and Jenny Hamilton. On this show, we talk to a diverse collection of people about living in the Yukon, what brought them here, why they stay or have left, but mostly, we like to talk about what truly makes them tick. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show coming to you from the Yukon's capital, Whitehorse, or as it's known to the locals, The Horse. Talking about um, I don't know cats and butt plugs and uh, and sweatpants and sweatpants and oh and people driving high. I okay. So the last time I drove super super high, right? I um it was uh, years ago, right? But I was going up the two mile hill, yes. And everybody was fucking honking at me, and I was just like, people were driving like danks. And I was just like, what the... So just regular drivers. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, pretty much, actually. But I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, everyone seems extra aggressive today. Right. And I um, looked down, I realized I was doing 30. Yep. And so I was like, oh, that's yeah. why. because <laughs> I am driving. But I was listening to uh, music that I was enjoying. And I was yes. I got into the music and I was, you know. Yeah, so don't drive high. That's that's a decent. Everything's ten minutes away. Wait ten minutes. Get high yeah. when you get to the place. You know what? That's real. Like if you have to leave wherever you're getting your pot from. I'm not judging. I don't care. I really don't. Yeah, you but don't, you, have, you don't need to open that inst- immediately. Instantly, like outside the store. Yeah, and go for a, and go for a walk. Go for yeah. a walk, or wait till you get home. Yeah. If you have to have a vehicle with you, it's not a biggie. Because I I smoked a bunch of pot down at Jackson Lake with with Tather once, mm-hmm. and. uh Immediately, I was like, this is not... You not. never know. I was like, we're not driving. Right. So we just, we sat on the lake oh, yeah. and, yeah. you know... I've done that with really weak, what, quote, THC weak weed. I, I, and I was um, like, oh, we're, we're not gardening for at least half an hour. <laughs> I, I pretty much exclusively smoke CBD. Right. So, I mean, it's like, you don't get wrecked. No, it's not a psychoactive. No, you but uh, you will um, test positive if they do a mouth swab. Well, and you feel it. Well, yes, but you don't get high. Yeah. Yeah. I get I do get a bit high. It does yeah, you if you haven't tried the C B D, try it. It would smoking it will hit you way harder yeah. than yeah. consuming it. Um, I find if if I feel it, then I've taken too much. because uh, I use it for inflammation. See the yeah, robots now? There we go. Flat surface, <laughs> robots are stacking high. high. Anyone that has never seen these stacking robots, right? look them up. They're Uh-oh. super cool. Oh, the yeah. color is incorrect. <laughs> I have to change that up. I was gonna say I really actually wasn't feeling the green, the oh. green to well, to blue, yellow. yellow, red, green. So we go back to blue. Yeah, I wasn't feeling that. <laughs> it, it, Dan likes to annoy me while I'm color coding things. So. I, this is mixing this is colors usually, up. This Ugh. is usually when I'll steal one of his robots. <laughs> Just so that when he gets to the end, he's like, wait. Wait, this is wrong. This is supposed to be blue. <laughs> and you've just ruined it. Right. Um. Yeah, so uh, back to butt plugs and cats, I guess. <sighs> now let's talk about something but, else. You know what? We, like, I would totally feel wrong. Right. If we had Otis here and we didn't talk about music. Exactly. Uh-oh. Because, like, Otis is encyclopedic with his knowledge of music. Otis worked uh, with and around music 
Let's for, not talk about how many years. For, <laughs> for a more really, than six really months. long time. <laughs> you know, where, like, when uh, when Honest was, wasn't working at small venues, he was working in large music stores. Right. You know, et cetera, et cetera. So, Odyssey's scene, that's a tense moment with those robots. <laughs> all, oh, so oh, they're pretty bendy. Damn you, mom. That's what's going <laughs> oh, on. That's what's oh, going on. Do you see mom. this? See how it's slipping out now? Because yeah. my mom swelled that one. I always thought I liked your mom. <laughs> you know what? Switch. <laughs> I'm, finding, I'm finding out that... Uh, Switch this is. blue guy with this blue guy. This blue guy looks a little tighter. Oh, damn. He keeps it tight. <laughs> right. Take the one from tight. the bottom and put it on the top. You now, now I have to do a whole bunch of... Uh, Adjustments. Adjustments here. But honestly, like... Was it yeah. Always got... Jenga! <laughs> Honest always got tickets to shows and nice. seen a million Too shows. Too many shows. It's, sometimes I forget that I've seen so many things. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of frightening, actually. Well, it's like we were talking about the Ramones. Right. And 13 seeing, times, maybe? 13 times. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And every but, time Honest and I talk about shows in Vancouver, I'm like... I saw the show in Vancouver once. He was like, oh, yeah, I really like this part of that show. And honestly, was at every show. <laughs> nice. You know? That's awesome. So what shows you've seen? Who are your top three live bands? Okay, top three live bands. Hmm. Uh, I would have to put a Toronto band called No Mind in that category just because for a space of two years, they were the greatest band in existence in the Toronto area. Nice. Uh, and they were playing almost every show that existed in the Toronto area. Nice. So we saw them probably about 50, 60 times nice. in the space of a few years. Do they have anything out that people can uh, pick up? No. No. That's they had a record that came out on Fringe Records uh, that was the record peddler uh, in Toronto. It was their label. Yeah. Uh, they did... Um, they did a bunch of like issues, like Canadian issues of uh, U.S. punk rock stuff. Like they did, uh, uh, they did some SST stuff. They did uh, the Dayglo abortions. They did, you know, like yeah. Although the Dayglo abortions are Canadian, so that doesn't count in that whole thing. So that's like that's more of a we just saw them so many times and we really like them and they. And when a singer hurts himself, a lot of times live, it's kind of fun. That is sort of fun. <laughs> it is. It is. It. You know, yeah. it means. You know, it means that he's putting it. In. Yeah, he's putting the effort in. I, that's or he's just clumsy. Right. So it's, like, it's uh, hard to say. You know? <laughs> it's like Theo Kogan from the Lunachicks. Right. You remember when we saw the Lunachicks at the yep. Town Pump? Yep. And um, she was covered in bruises. Right. Her knees were beat up. She had scrapes and stuff, and it's because she. Got, gets, gets into, into it. it. Yeah. 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 Uh, who else? Uh, oh, the Laughing Hyenas. They were always a ton of fun. Another band that we saw multiple times. But, they, you know, this is back east when I was still living in Ontario. So uh, they would play a lot because they were from Detroit. So right. it's kind of... Pretty close. It's close enough that they yeah. could do a short east coast sort of... There is a big difference between the music that we got on the West Coast as opposed to, like, Central and Eastern Canada. Oh, absolutely. Vast. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. much good music came out of that part of the world that we just didn't hear here. Exactly. And the replacements in Buffalo. 
the replacements come on now. That one show in Buffalo, though, because I saw them three times, and that was the one show where they didn't fuck up very much. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> you enjoyed their, their one good show. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was an amazing show. Right. Like, it was on from the beginning to end, but I saw them open for Tom Petty, of all people. And uh, they basically, I think they finished one song and it was a cover song. Right. Otherwise, they just dicked around for like half an hour. Yes. The bass player stayed off the stage talking to people in the audience for the first three songs. (laughs) So the song needs more He was just sitting, (laughs) talking, chatting to some dudes in the the fifth row or something like that. And then he finally went up on stage. And And did his job. What is going on that you think that's okay? And then they decided to switch instruments in the middle of one song, and that fell apart pretty quickly. (laughs) Yes. Especially in the middle of a song. Yeah. You're just bored with what you're doing at that point, right? You need a new gig. Yes. It's like, this is experimental. Well, it was also, it was one of their final shows on that tour, and I guess they, uh, touring the States, they got really dumped on by the, by the audience because oh. you know ooh punk rockers even though they had nothing really to do with that yeah. it's just that whole mentality yeah yeah with uh th- the general US Tom Petty audience <laughs> let's say you know where it's kind of a I hate to say it this way but there's a lot of really close-minded people when it comes to that sort of thing like well, it's basically you know, oh, this is classified as this style of music, right. so it is awful, so I will not like it. So no matter how hard they tried, they were just getting booed off routine, routinely every night of the tour. Right. So at one point, it's like, what the fuck? Why even bother trying? Well, that's, that's well, weird if we're just gonna... You'd know Tom Petty would have some input of who's opening. For yeah. You would have all the input. Right? So why would you... You love Tom Petty. Could you not trust him? This is clearly yeah. a band that well, Tom Petty and, likes. Well, it's... It, there was a real similar situation. There was the tour that uh, Sonic Youth opened for Neil Young. Right. Where we went to see the shows in Toronto, Hamilton, and uh, Buffalo. Or, no, Detroit. Sorry. Oh. Not Buffalo. And, uh, yeah, it was a constant, like, they came out and everybody Hi. just hated them. Right? Sonic Youth. Hated them. Because they're Neil Young fans? Yeah. Wow. Which is interesting, though, because, like, Kurt Cobain referred to Neil Young as the godfather of grunge. Yes. And of that kind of sound. He wanted them to do this tour, so it was like he chose them. Uh, His road crew hated them. (laughs) They would, would, like, give them, like, a quarter of the volume and all of this sort of stuff. So weird. Yeah. And then, of course, but Sonic, like, it's a bit different because Sonic Youth are a lot more abrasive. Right. Like, whereas the replacements really were just a rock band yeah. who uh, drank a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's different. You yeah. know, and uh, they kind of started with that sort of punk crowd. But, you know, let's face it, Paul Westerberg was really, a, you know, a singer-songwriter guy. Right. So the songs were tuneful, well-done, well-written. Yeah. Um, it's just, they were lumped in with that. Whereas Sonic Youth, like, let's face it, that you're, you're, your average, you know, let's say mid forties, Neil Young fan who grew up listening to, 
you know, harvest over and over again. Right. Yeah. They're going to come out and play Expressway to your skull. You're going to be like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guitars aren't even tuned. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, it's open-mindedness. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, I saw, I saw it so much with so many yeah. bands playing with so many other bands that you kind of like, it was really funny, like, especially the factions within little genres. Yeah. Like when Texan, there was, uh, back in Ontario, there was that time period where the Dayglows did one of their first tours across Canada and their van broke down right. in Toronto. So they stayed in Toronto for about, three or four months mm-hmm. and they played every gig they could just to get money. Yes. So they were opening for all of a sudden they were tossed onto bills. Like they were on with Tex and the horse heads, which like, you know, sort of a country punk quote unquote band from nice. LA. I, I did quote marks as I said that, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, and all of a sudden we'd get there and it's like, that sort of a show you're not expecting somebody like the Day Glow abortions to right. even be present, yet right. all of a sudden they're the opening band. And you're like, what the fuck? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you'd go to another venue to see something else, and all of a sudden they're there, sometimes in the same night. Right. You know, it's like, oh, it's the okay, hardest, the Day Glow abortions are working like band. Game. Yes. And the, one of my things with the Day Glow abortions is always just like, they, just with their name alone, they're immediately going, they're challenging you. Yep. As yep. soon as you hear the name Day Glow oh, Abortions, yes. they're challenging you. Yes. There are certain people that don't want to see that band, regardless of what they sound like. Right. Regardless of what they're playing. But it's also attracting people, because I was attracted to the name. I was like, i got to know what this is yeah. about. Yeah. And because that it was will drive well. my mother nuts. But that was like, so if you're a bit counterculture... Yeah. That's where it you is. You immediately yeah. jump in. But if you're... A, Mid forties Neil Young fan, right. you are yeah. not counterculture. No. Yeah, no, yeah. You know, and like let's face it, there's a lot of people out there that are gonna go see the Powder Blues, right? Or like, um, oh my God, the uh, Dire Straits. Mm. Oh God, that don't want to see the listen to the Dayglow abortions, regardless yeah. of what they sound like, yeah. right? Because I never thought the Dayglows were like super heavy. No, you know, lyrically. Lyrically, yes. Childish sometimes. <laughs> yes, they were silly. Yes. They were silly quite a bit, but I mean, like... You know, it's that, that very poo-poo sense of humor. Ha ha poop. I get that. I mean, Which is very funny. Yes. Poop is funny. Yeah. Is funny. <laughs> Unless it's everywhere. <laughs> you know, when people start freaking, like... It's like when a band suddenly gets popular, which means that band is finally making money. Yeah. Which means there's somebody that's finally getting paid to do something they love. Everybody that was sort of in on the ground floor Mm -hmm. starts to dislike them and calls them sellouts. I've never gotten that. I don't either. Because it's so hard to make a living in the arts. Yeah, no matter what art. Yeah, and it's like a band that you like suddenly is able to support themselves, and then you're like, fuck them! Fuck it, so that's, it's that same attitude. That's, that's more of a genre issue, though, yeah. than anything. Like, people, well, people, you know, like, look, like, let's, you know, obviously is something we know about punk. We look at punk as a genre. Sure. Uh, the minute somebody sells more than, like, you know, 200 copies of their put-together 7-inch that they uh, glued the covers together at home, right. you know, 
all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're popular. They're, you know, they're big now. They suck. It's like without any thought to. You know what's so funny is I was like, oh, I love punk music. But then I started talking to Otis and he's like, well, you know, that's a hardcore band. (laughs) And I was like, oh. And I was like, well, what these guys, he's like, they're kind of more ska. And I was like, oh. Because I was throwing everyone into punk. Right. I'm like, uh, Stiff Little Fingers. Super punk. They are. Yeah. But that's kind of the only one. Yeah. And I'm like, the specials are pretty punk. He's like, no, they're very clearly ska. And I'm like, the Dead Kennedys. And he's like, no, that's hardcore. Yep. And I'm like, oh, fine then. Guess I... Guess you learn I, something new every I day. I guess I like a lot of... Well, we started music. with yeah. our discussion of punk and to find out that you're more of a fan of hardcore. That's it. That's Whereas it. I'm yeah, more of it. a fan of the traditional... Punk. 70s New York sound, let's say. Of, you know what? I yeah. love the 70s New York sound, but I've always sort of leaned on that t- more towards rock and roll. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Which like, is where it all came from. Yeah. So, you know. We um, sponsored a film... Uh, called I'm a Cliche and it was made by Polystyrene from the X-Ray Specs Daughter and we just watched it it was fantastic mm-hmm. I honestly like when it comes out we're trying we're going to try to get it at the um, available light I reached out to, to those folks to see if they'll bring it up we're seeing really interesting she had some there was some interesting stuff that Polystyrene had to say about uh, playing CBGBs in the 70s which like there was an underlying kind of meanness to people in New York. Oh, yeah. That she really didn't like. Yeah. And uh, they, they were received very, very well. But where she was having a hard time was going out with folks afterwards and hanging out with people afterwards. And they were all just a little bit mean. And they were all just a little bit too harsh for her. Well, that's New York. And that's New York. And yeah. she was like, no, I don't like this. Yeah. And uh, it was a big part of sort of what... Where she started going, this might not be for me. Right. You know, because she was actually like a pretty gentle, thoughtful person. And suddenly she's in this place where everybody's, everybody's hard. Everybody's hard. Yeah. Had they have that hard edge from. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's just New York in general. Just New York. You could sell candy to kids and you're just you're a little resentful and angry. <laughs> exactly. But that's what they, you know, that's part of their charm. One of the things that I think people miss a lot, like back to what Otis was saying, is is musicians love music. Yeah. yeah, and not necessarily just the music they play. It's very rare that yeah. they actually listen to the kind of music they play. Yeah. Most musicians I know listen to a wide variety of things yeah. and are inspired yeah. all over the place. I think a really interesting one for that is Johnny Cash. Yes. With that last album Johnny Cash did, he was the songs that he did and they were all covers. Mm-hmm. But they're clearly songs that he had heard and gone and went, I should cover this. I want to cover that one, yeah. Which shows you the the diversity of music that guy listened to. Yeah. You know? Well, how do you know? Like, if you love something, music, and you don't cover the spectrum, how do you know? How do you continue to learn what you love? Yeah. And I heard... Um, People just don't want to learn. That's I, think, I think it was Wynton Marsalis said, uh, there's two kinds of music. Good music and bad music. Right. That's it. But yeah. I, th- but to talk about the uh, genres and people, I feel like one of the best, one of the better things that happen to music, sadly, is the close is the closing of your major chain stores. Because right. I feel like kids these days are more open 
yeah to find to, to different things yeah whereas you know say you're hmv on you know or virgin or virgin megastore hmv on robson yeah. and barrard right. you know where i worked for five years you know i started there at, with virgin and then when hmv took it over i just stayed because you know my ass group was in the chair and receiving right. so why leave yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. was that Everybody was so focused on being a certain, you know, I like this. Right. This is what I listen to. Whereas now, you know, Spotify, people are, no matter how much, like, I dislike it. And just because, you know, I would prefer buying a record than pressing play on a playlist. uh, That people are more open to hearing things now. Yeah, and, and not knowing exactly what niche it fits you into. Yeah. yeah. I'm a bit hesitant with the with the resurgence of vinyl. Why? A couple of reasons. So, one, I always prefer analog sound. Like, I love the sound of vinyl. I always have. Mm-hmm. I think records are heavy. Yeah. They're sensitive. They wear out. They do. And, um... Everything wears out, even digital. You can yeah. lose that totally. in it. Yeah. Totally. But I preferred... Eight tracks and cassette tapes. Oh, I love a cassette tape. I love a good well, cassette you know, tape. Eight and tracks is what they run broadcasts with. Yeah. It's like beta. It's good sound. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, like, you still get the analog sound on a cassette tape yeah. or on an eight track, but it's a little bit more durable. And I can throw an eight track in my pocket. You got big you know, pockets. Or, well, not, <laughs> I meant cassette. <laughs> I meant cassette. But you yeah. know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I love that moment where you opened up a shoebox. Yes. And there was 40 cassette tapes. Yes. I really like that. Yeah. And I am a huge fan of the mixtape. Yeah. I would, like, for me, I like that vinyl's coming back. But what I want to come back is vinyl being recorded onto cassette. Right. So you only play your records when you're dumping them onto cassette. Right. And then you make a mixtape and you give that to your buddy. Yeah. But while you're slowly recording each song and making sure they all run end-to-end nicely, you're drawing on that on that liner. Yes. Yeah. And you're putting together that, that liner and putting in notes and talking about the songs and yeah. why you're into it. Yes. Because there's love in that. Exactly. You know? And you're sitting there and you're listening to that music and you're and you're making something lovingly for somebody. Right. And it's one. Yeah. You There's don't want no, them. No more exist. Yeah. yeah. It's that's art true. to me, right? Yeah. Like you've made a piece of art and handed it to somebody. And I think that's beautiful. Oh, yeah. But you can't do that on vinyl. I can't I can't record a record for you and hand it to you. You know what so I mean? So you miss mixtapes. I miss mixtapes, but I miss the sound of a cassette. Unless you have a lathe cutter. Right. That, well, then we're getting into a whole other you world. Know, it's, it's like, let's face it. Because let like, me tell you, getting one of those shipped to the Yukon, it's not cheap. No. I, I was looking online. I got to tell you, like, nice. one of the problems with me is you can't show me anything without me wanting to buy it. I know. Well, that's because we have too much time. <laughs> you know what I, I'm I've still. Got shit at my house. You know what I'm still obsessed with? Is I want to buy a knitting machine. Nice. Like where it'll make socks, it'll just, it'll make a sweater, but it actually knits it. Like Mm -hmm. it it pumps out a sweater. Wow. And you put a digital program, like, so you do a drawing. Right. Put it into the knitting machine and then it knits you a sweater. Oh man. I could only imagine the sweater that would come out of my drawing. You miss, (laughs) you miss mixtapes. 
and the effort a human puts into those. But you, but, want, you want a knitting machine to make it. So <laughs> I love that. Fuck my hands knitting. I want a robot. Okay. <laughs> well, hold on, though. I mean, let's really look at that. Because the, what I like about a, mi- a mixtape right. is it's a one-off. Yes. What I like about a knitting machine is you can get two socks. I can make swag. <laughs> right. Oh. Ah. Right? So I would love to do a series of, like, shop sweaters. Right. Where I'm knitting sweaters Ooh. or knitting shop socks or yes. putting those things out. Yeah. And, like, I like the control of it. Okay. So for business. For business. That's a business buy. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, like, for me, it's not about... Yeah, that would be a business expense. It's a business expense. You know, so, because, like, I've looked into getting... I just recently tried to get some knitted caps. Right. And um, the monsters, like... For the cost of the machine and the yarn. Well, almost. But the um, the machines are actually really expensive. (laughs) But um, I can imagine. The cheapest one I found was 6K. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which means That's you have to, you gotta sell some socks to make this stay back. And in a town this size, right. you're, you're looking, not at, sell that you're looking at 10 years. It's gonna take you 10 years to pay that off. Right. But, um, these socks are only $50 a pair. Please uh, buy a, a sock. <laughs> and the socks that I was looking at, mm-hmm. like, they were like, oh yeah, we can make you socks and, and hats and all this. Then they sent it back and they were like, well, we just need to change this, this image. And I was like, you mean the logo? Right. No, you can't change. That's yeah, and I was like, point. you can't change the logo. Yeah. And they were like, well, but they're, you know, we'll just change it like this and like this. And I'm like, no. No. Then it can't be done. Yeah, they it's like you, yeah. Want, you want to take the, the, what they wanted to change was they wanted to take the name out. <laughs> and I was like, the logo is essentially just the name. Yeah. yeah. So, what, like, what? The name and whatever so image gonna, you decide to put yeah, on. Yeah, you're going to send moment. me back like a... <laughs> An oblong, stylized square. That's, <laughs> like I don't understand. I don't understand what Here's you're, your what socks you're with a fancy rectangle. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's idiotic. But always looking for new swag. Exactly. But I mean, I also am cheap, right? Like yeah, well, when I started looking at the cost of frugal of buying yes. shirts. Yes, Dan, frugal, not cheap. Yeah. Well, I looked at the cost of buying shirts and selling shirts, mm-hmm. and um. I like to keep shirts affordable. Yeah, well, that's it. Yes. And um, and the prices of everything and the shipping was just going up so high. Yeah. That uh, the last order of shirts I looked at, I was going to have to sell them for like 30 bucks a pop. Right. And um, and it was going to cost me... Oh, that is genius. Um, it's going to... Otis is stacking robots again. <laughs> we should have had video. We should have had video. But the... Um, you're a brave man. But the uh, the cost of the shirts was like two grand. Right. And I was going to have to sell them for 30 bucks each. To break even? To break even. Wow. And then I went online. Well, and that is, I will say, 30 bucks each because I always give so many away. Yes. But I give them away to charity events. Exactly. Where they do auctions and stuff. Yeah. And so, like, I always have to factor in, like, I give away X amount of clothes yes. to different local charities to sell. Yeah. You know, and then I, and so to break even, I have to make, sell them for 30 bucks each. Right. $2,000 is that right behind me there. Right. That's what it cost me for that printing press. Exactly. So, I mean, I chose my own labor. Yeah. 
and a $2,000 investment into silk screening, which is... Jenga. <laughs> Take that, Jenny. <laughs> what? <laughs> My apologies for that. I like uh, that. I'm gonna... Uh... <laughs> But, you know, so, I mean, playing with the robot. I think that now. goes back to the kind of mixtape thing, right? Well, Which it is. is. Like, I mean, then you can make whatever shirts you whatever like. Whatever shirts we like. And how many you want. Limited edition. We're only going to do 20 totally. of these. Yeah. And we do that. And we've done it like we, you know, I'm looking at a silk screen right here for Black Lives Matter. Right. There's a silk screen right behind it for a local band. Yeah. So we've done shirts for other organizations and other things as well, right? Yeah. Like, and um, to me, that goes back to the mixtape thing. Yes. Right? Whereas, like, if I buy vinyl, that's me buying shirts. Whereas yes. a mixtape is me making a tape. Right. Know? But right. how would you make that mixtape without the vinyl to make it from? Well, there is Dan. the conundrum on it. That is my conundrum. That, it is a conundrum. Isn't well, because what else can I do? Well, I do. I do, like, a hard copy. It's, it's my age. Yeah. If I buy something. I also know as somebody who has their work out on the interweb, uh, you make no money as an artist yeah. unless you're like in the top. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really hurt those bands. A lot more people know who they are, but it's they're still far away from they're struggling. making it. They're like, struggling. And, and, that, and that's kind of why the resurgence of vinyl to me is a good thing. Yeah. I agree. Due to the fact that is that it is actually the one form of media that still seems to sell. Well, not to the extent that people are making a lot of money on no. it, but it's coming back too. Like it's getting bigger. Well, it is. It is. And I think it also reminds people and it shows the younger folks this is what it was. Yeah, this yeah. is a tactile thing. Like yeah. I used to go to Record World in Hamilton and then go to Wendy's which was three doors down right. so that I could peel the plastic off that record cover, open it up and then be like, Ooh, there's a poster. There's prizes, a right? lyric sheet that I can read. Yes. Unlike the ones in the CD pack. I yeah. really, miss, <laughs> I really miss album art. Yes. What was it? I mean, yeah. I, I selected the, my dad took me to the record store, gave me enough money to buy two records. Right. I was allowed to buy two records. And you know I select those records entirely based on album art. Yeah. Why not? Because you're a little kid. Yeah. You know? I just love album art. I remember being allowed, being at that age where my mom would let me drop the needle. Yeah. You had to be very precise. I think it was because it was eye height for me. (laughs) And she's like, I want to hear the third song. And people just don't like... Yeah. The way the music touches people, like Kirstie right now upstairs, the 30th re-release of... uh, Judas Priest, it was like the whatever that compilation album was, but it has the same cover as I think Turbo Lover. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's like they're gripping the gear shift. Okay. The nails of the hand holding that gear shift is very, very stylized. Right. Right? Kirsty just had her nails done mm-hmm. to match the nails on that record cover. Oh, oh nice. See, that's dope. Yes. Right? And like my cousin Ivan. Mm-hmm. Used to draw all the time. Ivan used to be a very good artist. Right. Before they got into the stupid writing business. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes them a living. Yeah, and this whole like, I'm a writer me. now. It's like, no. <laughs> no, you. You get back to that. You get back to pencil sketches. Get back to pencil sketches and no money. <laughs> no money. But um, Ivan, you know, drew me uh, 
the British Steel album cover. Right. You know, and uh, and like that. So, I mean, like, Ivan used to draw album yeah. covers. Yes. Because you're young and that's what you did, right? Absolutely. So, Otis. Yes. What bands should people be listening to right now? Oh, God. Right now? Yeah, uh, who's doing something cool? A $75 bill. Okay. Uh, they're on Thin Wrist Records. The album is beautiful. Beautiful album cover. But the music itself is pretty fantastic. It's it's like an instrumental uh, uh, genre hopping sort of stuff. Hard to describe. Nice. I've just re- been really digging the record. Nice. Um, what else? I've been buying a lot of reissues. That's the problem. Yeah. Just because with... Yeah. How do you feel about the Idols? Haven't actually listened to them. Idols, yeah. They're kind of new punk. Right. But they're a group of men that are that have worked really, really hard on their own toxic masculinity. Right. And make a point of like checking in with each other before every jam and like are really trying to throw down those ideals. And so I think it's super interesting for a group of guys recording punk music to be really, really conscious of their own toxicity and not promoting that and not being shitty and not right. being misogynistic and not, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, worth checking out. What else, Otis? Come on. What else? Like I say, I've been buying a lot of reissues, so I've been listening to a lot of, uh, I've been listening to a lot of Afro psychedelia. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I love it. I, I grew up. It's like, brilliant. No. My mom played Super Kumba every day for over a year. Nice. Which was Manu Dibango, who died of COVID. Oh. I know. Boo. That's sad. You know, super sad. He was like an incredible mm-hmm. Afro psychopunk. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, psychopunk. Uh, sax player. Wow. And I, yeah, and I grew up listening to that, so... Uh, yeah, so I've like I've been buying a lot of reissues like that, as well as a lot of uh, dub reggae reissues, because uh, you know I smoke a lot of drugs. <laughs> it helps. I need I need something slower and <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Variety is that spice, and a lot of drone, like the latest Jimmerwork four CD set. Yep. To magnetize money and catch a roving eye. <laughs> we, we get it's basically people. one tone over four CDs. It's four hours. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we get into some drone stuff upstairs sometimes. But you, but you crank the volume and you fill your apartment with it. And it's pretty awesome. You just lay back, close your eyes, and let that sound wash over you. You are smoking a lot of pot. <laughs> it, it's called um, work experience. <laughs> yes. Yes, well, I, Dan, I have to try everything that comes in. Yes. I, you know what? How I, can I tell the consumer? Right? I agree with everything you're saying. I think that is right? wonderful. It's nothing like telling your spouse, shh, I'm working. I'm, working. <laughs> I'm testing this. This is work-related. <laughs> right? Emily, uh, I need to use the MasterCard to... <laughs> i got to say, like, I am... Um, Buy this. Uh, I need to know what it's like. Right? It's work-related. <laughs> That's hilarious. I had two weeks off, and during that two weeks, I drank a lot. Ah. Like, more than I've drank in years. Right. And, and I'm not joking around. Like, we're talking in years. Right. Where I was... I drank pretty much every day. Right. Is this an intervention? No. Nope. That you're giving yourself? <laughs> and, um... 
And I got the last time that I drank. Yes. Was like about four or five days ago. Okay. And I um. Because you're back at work now. Yeah, because I'm working. Yeah, yeah that yeah. stuff, right? But I uh, I went hard. I drank hard. Well, you are Irish. Well, you know what happened, hey, was like what used to happen to me, mm-hmm. and part of the reason that I quit drinking right. is that um, I hit a level, and I sit there, yeah, and that's it. Like, and you only get so drunk? I only get so drunk. Oh, and I, I wish. And I just kind of get so tired. So blind drunk. No, I kind of start feeling, huh. I, I start feeling tired. Right. I also, I should say, too, I follow every drink I have with a glass of water. Yes. Ah. I drink water the oh, whole time. Oh, you drink like a grown-up. Yeah. <laughs> What's this? Water. You know, and I, and I also don't drink, <laughs> and I also don't drink crap. I think oh, if you're oh, drinking, you're a rich grown up. Well, no, I think if you're drinking <laughs> really shitty booze, I don't drink shitty booze. I smoke <laughs> shitty weed. I grow up myself. <laughs> well, but shitty weed is different. But that wasn't shitty. You know, well, that last one was pretty good. That was <laughs> very good. When you drink drink something that tastes ethanol-y, yeah, you know, you, you know, you're gonna get jacked right. up. Well, I don't make my own booze. But I got to the point where I just wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. I was like, okay, yeah. I remember this. I remember this from when I drank. Oh, so it's just got a memory lane. Yeah, I just—I mm-hmm. was like, right here yeah. we are in the old plateau zone, right, where you still feel like you can function and walk around and do things. Oh. And yet, I—I I was probably seven or eight drinks in. See, I blackout drink. Yeah, and I'm. Or I or I have a drink. It's either a drink or blackout drink. Well, I, re- <laughs> I realized like. But I'm still moving in a blackout. I realized when I got to that plateau, it's just not fun. No. I was like, no, this no. is why I stopped drinking. Yes. Because this is not fun. Right. And it was like, I'm seven drinks down, and I mix strong drinks. Yeah. You know, so I was probably like, I don't know, like 20 shots and maybe more, right? Right. And, um, and I was just like... Just doesn't do it for eh. you. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, this is expensive booze. Mm-hmm. I drank a lot of it, and I'm sitting in a plateau that I'm just... I feel tired and uncreative. Right. And the next day I got up, and I felt bad no nope. oh that's I good i felt tired yeah but more to the point of where i just uh i don't feel like doing anything that's, yeah i feel listless and i feel like super uncreative so i didn't draw that day right i didn't work on a project i basically like played minecraft right and sat on the couch drinking coffee right i didn't feel gross i didn't you that's know good. i don't i just felt blah yeah and I was like, right. I don't need booze to do that. I just need daylight. <laughs> well, you know, it, but it just reminded me of why I don't drink. <laughs> well, exactly. And to me, it's expensive. Yeah, I wake up expensive. the next day and I'm like, Ugh. I, if I smoke weed the night before, I get a good night's sleep. Well, I tend to drink a lot of water, so I might have to wake up, but I'm hydrated in the morning. <laughs> when I remember, like, when I used to smoke a lot of pot, mm-hmm. I drew constantly. Well, yeah. Right? Like, I used to smoke pot and then draw. Yes. You know, or smoke pot and then I would work on the sculpture or whatever. You don't but drink a bunch and then draw. You don't drink and draw. No. You drink and tell people you should be drawing. <laughs> you never double You never double your D. No. <laughs> that's, that's the rule. <laughs> don't drink and drive. Don't drink and draw. Don't drink and dink. Right. <laughs> Okay, learn something. Yeah, that kind of works out yeah. right, sometimes. I said, I, I, yeah, that's that's a thing, <laughs> right? Keep it to a single D. That's right? all I'm saying. Right? Keep your D's in check. Yes. 
vitamin D and drinking might work, though. I don't know. No, I think mm. alcohol actually kills. No, yeah, no, it, it doesn't does. work because drinking you're... drinking it needs to be done in the dark. That's the one time when you mix your D's, <laughs> right? Darkness drink and dark. Drink. You know, that's that's the, that's the exception to the rule. Like I before E, and you know, except after C. Don't double D unless you're drinking in the dark. The last time I there we go. The last time I remember getting super smashed, you were drinking in the dark. <laughs> yeah, Sarah went. Sarah went to to um. So there's this thing that comes up every few years where Sarah will will hang out with a bunch of women and they'll have a girls' night. Right. And they always do things that I like to do. So I feel super offended. <laughs> like I'm like. You guys are all going to sit around and put on Biore strips and work. I, I love it. I want to do play, that. You know, and I want to go. Right. Right. And I can't. So you don't get invited. Yeah, because I don't Neither get invited. Neither do I. <laughs> well, so what I did was because I was bitter that I didn't get invi- invited, mm-hmm. I was like, what does a bitter white man do <laughs> when he feels left out? I went I down know. to the basement. Mm-hmm. I, took the, <laughs> I took the lampshade off <laughs> of the lamp. <laughs> And so I had a bare light bulb right. in one corner of the room, and I sat in a in the an easy chair in the other corner of the room, and I drank rum straight out of the bottle, and muttered. <laughs> now, though, did you do this consciously? Consciously, straight up consciously. I thought it was so funny, and then when, uh, but then when Sarah got home. I was in, I, that's how she found me. She comes downstairs and like, I'm in the dark going, don't mm. let me come out and put your strip in my nose. I don't need you. I don't need anybody. And I'm drinking rum straight out of the bottle. And I was blasted oh, drunk. Oh, yes. Blasted yes. drunk. And Sarah was like, you know, and it was hilarious, but it was drinking in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. I'll and I thought it was oh, deep. Double D? Double it's the D. only double D that works. <laughs> Depending on what you're trying to do. Right. So only dungeons, no dragons? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, oh, that's D oh. and D. Oh, there is a... Yes, there yes. is. Well, yes, technically drinking and driving. It's <laughs> also D and D. Okay, maybe it okay, works okay. for everything. There's, there's a couple of exceptions It works in boobs as well. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll find more exceptions boobs. along the way. Double D? Yes. I'm not going to yell at you for double D. No. Boot. I'm going to be like, you can go, girl. H. <laughs> <laughs> I support you. <laughs> well, you strain your shoulders supporting an H. You're not if you walk from behind. <laughs> You're still so powerful. Oh. Right? I do have good arm strength. You know what? That's what I always say about you when people ask. Look at Jenny Hamilton. I'm like, Jenny with the arms? With the good arm strength? She's got good arm strength. Oh, my goodness. So Lost a blue robot somewhere. I hate to say it, but we should wrap this up. We absolutely, yeah. Only because I got to work. What? Go upstairs and work. Oh, look, there's Lou and Damien. Yay. Yeah, look at him sleeping in his new... Well, thank you, guys. That's awesome. Thank you. Oh, no, no. no, thank you for uh, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And Dan, thank you for finding my toys. <laughs> well, you know, I Except do that try. I've lost a blue robot somewhere. Yes. And, and Dan, thank you for giving him a metal table. To- <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, thank you for the table. <laughs> yes. It made robot building so much easier. No, thank you to your mother for destroying. <laughs> you know, like robots. I appreciate that she tries, but who the hell? 
soaks wood in a sink full of bleach. Um, my wife would have put them in a goddamn dishwasher. I um love you, sweetie. I love that all the dishes in your dishwasher are gonna taste like lube for. Oh my god! Yeah, you need to run a you need to run a cycle of vinegar through that thing. Oh, trust me, it's been done. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you had fun and maybe even learned something. The horse is brought to you by Molotov and Brick Tattoos and J.L. Hamilton Productions. Until next time, remember to be kind to yourself and to others. This was a Brain Freeze podcast.